Thank you so much, Janet. Um, let's pray to begin. Lord God, we just thank you for the gift of your word. As we think on these things, as we wonder and as we marvel afresh, help us to open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Amen. Amen. He spoke and galaxies whirled into place. Stars burned and burst into life. Planets began orbiting their suns. Words of awesome, unbridled, unlimited power. Um, we've worked out, I say we, that's scientists, people far cleverer than me, uh, for example, that a million Earths could fit inside the sun. The sun that he breathed out and the sun that is just one of hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone. And just one, just one of those stars, Betelgeuse, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, um, is 5.888 trillion miles away from Earth and is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. I don't know if your brain is <laughs> frying right now, but mine is. Um, here's another one. You could fit 252 trillion Earths inside Betelgeuse. 252 trillion. And that's just one star in a galaxy of billions. And God spoke those into life. And I, I don't know if you find that fascinating as well as mind-boggling, but I just love it. I love all that stuff. Can't make sense of half of it, um, but it just blows my mind. But God wasn't finished there, was he? He spoke again, and the waters and the lands were filled with plants and creatures running and swimming and growing and multiplying. Words of animating, breathing pulsing life. And again he spoke, and man and woman were formed, thinking, speaking, and loving. Words of personal and creative glory. Eternal, infinite, unlimited. He was, is, and always will be the maker and Lord of all that exists. St. Augustine said that, that people go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, the huge waves of the sea, the long course of the rivers, the vast compass of the ocean, the circular motion of the stars, but pass by themselves and they don't even notice. Our verses today reveal to us that our lives began because he spoke us into being. And then... He came in the flesh to a speck in the universe called planet Earth. A mighty and almighty creator became part of the creation, limited to time and space and susceptible to aging and sickness and death. But it was love that propelled him. 
And so he came to rescue and save all those that were lost and to give them the most precious of gifts, the gift of eternity. He is the word. He is Jesus. Beginnings matter. They start the adventure. They set the tone and they provide purpose and reason. And this beginning, though, the beginning we've just read about in John chapter 1 is a little different. It's a beginning that always was. The word, John says, existed before creation and before time itself. He is the beginning of the beginning. The word was God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinct and unique, but they are one. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. The word is not only the source of all life, but the very principle of life, the foundation and fundamental truth that maintains all else in existence. And now all of that sounds pretty grand, doesn't it? Um, And maybe sometimes you find yourself thinking, well, what about now? What about the here and now? How does that relate to my life, my circumstances in this moment? How does that relate to the struggles we and others we know are facing right now? How might all of that impact our lives in a more profound way if, we, if actually we're, we're quite comfortable and we're getting on just fine? You might be thinking, well, how do I communicate the wonders of the God-created universe to those who can't see past their own circumstances right now, either out of desperation or out of complacency? How do I hold on to the truth and the hope that is on offer for me today? Well, firstly, let's be reminded that God is consistently consistent, which might not be grammatically sound, um, but we're going to go with it anyway. God is consistently consistent. I think we're all aware that much of maybe what we wear or, or what we eat or what we watch on TV is part of some kind of trend, whether we like it to be or not. Uh, What's popular to watch or eat or wear one year is so not popular the next. It's often why we look back at old photographs and say, did I really look like that? Did I really have my hair like that? Um, Or that shell suit will definitely come back into fashion. It's just going to stay in my wardrobe for the time being, but it's going to come back out. Uh, Last year, I don't know if you saw this, but um, some very well-known designer fashion labels uh, released some items that they clearly thought would spark a new trend uh, for some of us keen fashionistas. Uh, Now, clearly I'm not that fashionable uh, in any way whatsoever, Um, but last year a certain fashion designer released grass-stained jeans. They were very expensive. That's how you bought them. You didn't have to go and grass stain them yourself. Uh, Clearly, they thought this was going to be a new trend. Anyone got them? Anyone buy them? No. I didn't think so. Um, And another, another different, very well-known fashion designer uh, released a little uh, clutch bag uh, in the shape of a baguette. It looked like, you know, one of those long baguettes. 
Absolutely true. You can Google it uh, if you want to double check. Um, now, they're extreme, kind of slightly odd examples. Um, but I wonder if you've ever reflected or reflected recently on the things that you get caught up with, things that maybe divert your attention or your time or your money and gradually, bit by bit, become a new priority or focus in your life. Verse 10 tells us that he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. We were made in his image, but how often we reject or sideline God in favor of other idols, things that we make the focus of our attention and worship. What God is, what Jesus taught, and what he did doesn't change. Faith in God is not some fleeting, ever-changing trend or hobby like much of what we experience in our society. God is constantly constant. Jesus was fully human when he was born and then walked this earth, but he was never not also God who always existed. And this is the foundational truth of the Christian faith, isn't it? And if we can't or we don't believe this, well, why would we trust our eternal destiny to him? We'd be just throwing caution to the wind. We'd be fools. And that's why John writes these verses, to build our faith and confidence that all might believe and know Jesus truly was the Son of God. John was an eyewitness to the events of Jesus' life and ministry and presents this letter not as Jesus' biography, but as a presentation of his life. Jesus isn't just different from all the Greek mythological gods. He's superior. But to his Greek audience, the idea that the word would become flesh would be unthinkable. And for the Jewish readers, the notion that the word was God would be blasphemous. But to John, this was and is the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the living picture of God's holiness. Secondly, God began the beginning. The Bible tells us that when God created, he made something from nothing. God gave each one of us unique gifts and talents, and we are truly valuable to him. If we ever find ourselves full of pride for our own achievements, then we can remember that all we are is because of God who made us. And that's not to say that we shouldn't celebrate one another or be satisfied with what we've accomplished. We should never get ahead of ourselves or champion our own achievements at others' expense. We are God's achievement. But if you ever find yourself feeling like life is too complex for God to understand, just be encouraged and reminded this morning that nothing is too difficult for him. And his love for you, his love for us, is bigger than anything we might be facing. The darkness of evil has never and will never overcome God's light, the light that removes the darkness of sin from our lives over and over and over again. And that's a light we can look forward to, not only in this Advent season, but beyond into next year and the years beyond. 
And I'd encourage you too in this beautiful part of the world that we find ourselves in to lift your eyes and your hearts to heaven once in a while. Isaiah 40, 26 says, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. If we allow God to shine his light in our lives, we will never stumble around in darkness. And thirdly and finally, God's story is our story. God is alive, active and the author of our story and we can be part of his. You know, our circumstances change, but God does not. You know, it feels like sometimes hope is in short supply. Coronavirus continues to control and restrict our lives and rob us of relationship. And it seems that some of our national leaders are struggling to lead with honesty and integrity. Within the national church, numbers returning after the last round of restrictions remain low, and numbers of children and families attending church continues to fall. Families on low incomes are facing significant increases in their monthly energy bills, and many who have served and cared so faithfully and sacrificially in our public services are at breaking point, with no end in sight. Our planet is suffering the continued and sustained effects of climate change and our neglect of the natural world and conflict, persecution, injustice, rage on. And we'd be forgiven for feeling utterly helpless in the midst of it all. But the verses we read this morning change everything. Why? Because they tell us that God came home. Verse 11 says, He came to that which was His own. When the Word came to this world, He didn't come as an alien. He came home to be present with each and every one of His children. He came home so that His goodness could run after us so that his love could chase us down, so that we might be able to navigate the challenges and the hurt and the pain as well as the joy and the wonder of this world with him so that our story becomes his story and his becomes ours. No barrier exists that could prevent you from experiencing and being strengthened by God's love except our very own hearts. And so I wonder, how might God want to continue your story, yours and his, together? Might you surrender your heart to him once again this morning in order that he might continue the restoration of all that he has made and all that is before us? That he might continue the story of his redemption, of all that is broken? That he might begin with you and with me? And this Advent, we expectantly wait and prepare for the birth of a very special baby. A baby born by supernatural birth. 
A baby whose first cry shattered a 400-year silence of a people who recognized their longing for a savior. A baby who grew up under the threat of a murderous leader. A baby who learned the trade of a carpenter as he grew. And a baby who grew into the man that John and many millions upon millions since testify as the son of the living creator God. How might God want to continue your story? What risks might God be asking you to take? I feel that's a a word God's put on my heart for some of us this morning. Is God calling you to step out boldly in faith in a particular area? And in terms of stepping out in faith, it could be that you feel ready to accept him as your personal Lord and Saviour for the first time. And if you do, we'd love to pray for you afterwards. It could be that God's um, wanting to stir your heart for something that you'd long thought he'd asked you to put down. It could be that God wants to raise your expectations for all that he has for you. It could be noticing who and what God has placed in your life in a fresh way. It could be seeking God for what's next and anticipating and expecting him to answer. And so however you choose to respond today, let's join together as God's people, accepting the invitation to be part of his story so that we might make his name, his love, his hope and his light shine brighter throughout our nation and our world, more so than it ever has before. Amen.